Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bigly Blast. The Patriots and the Cardinals met last in December of 2020, and it was under much different circumstances. In fact, Cliff Kingsbury and Bill Belichick actually traded compliments before that game, both advocating the other for NFL Head Coach of the Year. Now, Kingsbury is coaching for his professional life, or at least he should be, because these final five games are not a playoff push. They are a drive for credibility, for momentum, to Prove that next year won't be more of the same if Michael Bidwill doesn't clean house in the offseason. And as much as I believe a cultural overhaul is necessary with this organization, as much as an unemployed Sean Payton would be the perfect antidote for what ails Kyler Murray in this offense, many people are dreading that the owner is more inclined to run it back with an executive team that makes him feel comfortable, even at the expense of victory. So, if that is what our future looks like the present better get better and it better happen fast Kyler Murray needs to look like one of the most dangerous players in the NFL Hollywood Brown and DeAndre Hopkins need to establish themselves as a tantalizing tandem and Kingsbury needs to win some games to start changing the narrative starting with one against his mentor the greatest head coach in NFL history all right, today's Bickley Blast brought to you by my great friends at Chapman BMW who make luxury affordable with two great locations. Find them online at ChapmanBMW.com. The unexpected, you know, I think more than anything, it's, um, you know, he's going to have his ways to try to take away your best players and find this matches and, and uh, then all the different personnel groups that he brings in and um, trying to locate who you're pointing at, out to target and run game and pass game, all those things. It's, it's a constant... Um, you know, chess match, and he's usually one step ahead of everybody. That's uh, Cliff Kingsbury talking about the hardest part uh, about coaching against Bill Belichick, which he will do tonight for the second time in his pro coaching career. Here was uh, Bill Belichick from last week talking about his relationship with Cliff. Uh, Kingsbury. With Cliff, do you have obviously the background with him as a player from drafting him in 03 since he's become a, a head coach? What is, what is the dynamic of the interaction with him been like? Yeah, good. Good. Yeah, Cliff's been always great to work with. Have you kept connected with him? Say from when he left as a player through his like coaching, playing coaching career. Yeah, occasionally. Yeah. Was, obviously, he had some players uh, that we were interested in, so yeah, we stayed in touch. See much of much of um, any um, marks of what he maybe learned here or did here when you watch it that stands out to you. Hard to say. Can't remember what we did when he was here. That great. <laughs> National treasure. Uh, that tells you that he's got a little bit of edge going into this game, which is interesting. And and so as per the blast, if if Cliff Kingsbury, if this is going to be basically a game time decision, whether or not Cliff Kingsbury, and I mean that metaphorically, about his job status going into next year, then this game is fairly significant. Because if you could come out with a victory against Bill Belichick, that's a, that's a credibility piece mm-hmm. is what it is. It is. But here's where it gets interesting for for me, Bick. Let's rewind to last year. Mm-hmm. Cardinals collapse down the stretch. They go into the playoffs against the Rams. They play their worst game of the year. Uh, they get embarrassed on that that Monday night game. Uh, that so you know this is their third Monday night game in a row. Mm-hmm. The last two have not gone well. Um, we, I, I know I did. I think we were in agreement. 
that this offseason, you know, following what happened in the playoffs and at the end of the season was a very convenient excuse for Michael Bidwill to say, all right, all three of you guys, Kime, Kingsbury, Kyler, mm-hmm. you all show me you deserve to be here for right. the future. Right. That was not the tack taken by Michael nope. Bidwill. Have things been bad enough at four and eight and with five games remaining, does this now become the prove it? To, 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 you can't really do that with a quarterback who just signed a massive contract that's not even kicked in yet. Right. But for Kingsbury and Kime, is this the prove it, get better or else kind of stretch? It, it's hard for me to, to get to that arrival. Yeah. Because of the way this has been handled previously. And given the length of the extensions that were delivered, they were almost sort of like put in place to, to, to keep these guys safe. Yes. Because if you put them in, if you put them on a prove it mode and you're looking at down the, uh, at a four and 13 record, then you got to fire these guys. To, to me, it was though, just the opposite of prove it. Right. Yeah. It was the just in case something happens. Exactly. So to, so to me, it really, there's, there's some real heavy questions here. And that is, um, um, the development of Kyler Murray. Uh, it, to me, it's pretty clear he needs more accountability. It's pretty clear this football team needs more accountability. And this football team isn't the most disciplined. Uh, they, they're they not the most clear thinking in, in times of stress or in times of pressure. And, and I think just culturally, it just feels like they need to bring in something different. Something with more just with more authority at the top, more of a conventional approach. And, and like I said, this is such a great opportunity for Michael Bidwill to, to really kind of reconfirm that he's all about winning, because if he goes out and makes a run at Sean Payton and he shows that he is willing to swallow those contracts, there could be no greater display of, hey, yes, I'm in this. I was wrong. I was a little premature, and now I'm going to rectify this. And to prove it, I'm going to swallow all this money that I might have to swallow by getting rid of guys with four years or whatever is left on their contract. So there's a great opportunity here for him to kind of reestablish that in the minds of the fan base. Uh, The Cardinal fans that I talk to, they're bracing for just the opposite. They just feel like this thing is going to get run back again next year. And and if it's more of the same, then that's going to be a very dangerous, slippery slope you're on. Because there's a, a lot of this fan base is disenfranchised and has lost faith. I don't know what the stadium's going to look like tonight. I know a lot of people have been offering their tickets up for sale. I don't know if it's more so than usual. But these last five games, I mean, they're going to talk about playing for pride. They're going to talk about, you know, will they will they play hard for the head coach on the way out? All this stuff, it's going to be fascinating to see how this football team reacts to this, to me. Yes. And look, the Sean Payton possibilities, and as, as visible as Sean Payton has been as vocal as he's been about wanting to get back into it. We don't have the list of jobs that are open. We know of a couple because you know guys have been fired, but Steve Wilkes is doing his best to nail down that Carolina job in the interim. So the Indianapolis job is open. There's going to be jobs open. Uh, and if it gets to it, and if the Cardinals do make a decision to massively uh, change directions after rewarding coach, general manager, and quarterback, it would be against their history. To go for a guy like Sean Payton. Mm -hmm. You have to go all the way back to the Dennis Green hiring in 2004 for the the Cardinals uh, to have hired somebody with previous head coaching experience. Yeah. And really, they've only done it twice 
and the other one was Buddy Ryan. Neither one of those worked out. I mean, so going for Sean Payton would be kind of a reversal of, of what they've believed. Mm-hmm. Or how they've operated in the past, right? There's a lot that's got to get. But there. they haven't. They haven't had success since they've had that strong leader at the top. In, in Bruce Arians, I'm talking about. True, and, and Bruce Arians. I know people will say he had head coaching experience. He was an interim. He won Coach of the Year, but he was not the full time head coach of the Indianapolis Colts. No, his first full time gig was in Arizona at yeah. age 60. Yeah, and 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 he was and he was liberated by the fact that he he was not coaching for a second job, mm-hmm. and he famously said, um, "I'm going to fail my way if I fail. I'm doing this my way." Mm-hmm. And you saw the results of that. So, uh, look, these are some heavy, heavy questions facing this franchise, and how they. Fit is going to matter. Absolutely. Have you subscribed to the Bickley and Murata podcast? Subscribe right now on your iPhone or Android. Never miss any of the show. It's the Bickley and Murata podcast. It's brought to you by Carol Royce Keller Williams Realty East Valley. Get a higher price selling your home. Get guaranteed offers. Go to higherprice.com. That's higherprice.com. Coming up next, the New Orleans Pelicans got two victories over the Phoenix Suns over the weekend, and they took great pleasure in both of them. We'll get into all the details next. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings, live from the Auction Community Studios here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata Mornings. Nance ahead to Williamson. Final seconds. He'll go up and 360 windmill jam at home. 1.9 seconds to go, and this place is rocking, courtesy of Zion Williamson's unbelievable skill set. Inbounds pass to Torrey Craig. He'll take it across the timeline. Chris Paul and Jose Alvarado getting into it in the backcourt now. They'll need to be separated. Security guards coming out to the floor. Both teams starting to creep out. Willie Green in the middle of it for the oh, Pelicans. Will, Willie and Kevin Young going at it a little bit. Those are two assistants that shared the bench last year. Wow. We didn't expect to see this tonight after the final buzzer sounds and the Pelicans win it. We've got some soreness on the floor between these two teams. Ed Malloy having trouble separating both teams at center court. Will, Monty and Willie yelling at each other. That is not what I had on my bingo card when it comes to tonight and what we would see. John Bloom, Tim Kempton, that's going back to Friday night in New Orleans. Uh, game in hand. A couple of uh, garbage time dunks by the Pelicans. In the middle of that was a field goal attempt by Chris Paul that was missed. And you heard Zion's last dunk at the buzzer, a 360 dunk. Um, there was a skirmish. There was some shouting going on between coaches, between players. Chris Paul was at the heart of it. Cameron Payne was at the heart of it. Kevin Young did get involved. Monty Williams, Willie Green, the former Suns assistant coach. They're like, okay, this this is kind of a mess. And mm-hmm. then the Suns came out afterwards and were not consistent across the board on, on what bothered them and what right. didn't. Monty Williams said this after the That year. stuff doesn't bother me at all, man. It's part of basketball. Um, it wasn't that big of a deal. It was a bunch of guys out there yelling and screaming and not even pushing. Just everybody trying to stand their ground. DeAndre Aiden did, said, yeah, that's the, I don't take that stuff personally. Right. And yet, campaign was very demonstrative about it. Yeah, yeah. That's it. That's Paul was in the middle of it. I agree with you. I I think to me that it was very easy to get trapped into the emotion of what went down, and there was a lot of 
whataboutism with what the Suns did sign. I'm sure you've seen it. Somebody sent me a clip of Mikhail Bridges dunking at the end of Game 5 of their playoff series when mm-hmm. they could have run out the clock. And I don't know if things are different in the playoffs. I, 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 I do know that what Zion Williamson did by the book is considered to be um, breaking the code. Like I said, what he attempted and did deliver was so spectacular that I, I, it, to me, it was fine. I didn't really, I didn't walk away from that going, man. But it, but, 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 but what I, but I, what I did walk away from it going is, is there's a lot of, there's a lot of people looking to flex on the Phoenix Suns. There's a lot of people with scores to settle against them, and it's a, it's a very tricky time for this organization because, as you point out, James Jones is on his own schedule. He's going to do things on his time table and it seems to me like his team is asking for help and and I don't know what that's going to look like or when that's going to come if there's a master move you mentioned that we're coming up upon that deadline when when players are going to be able to 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 be jarred free from their current teams and you don't know if he's got his eye on some of them but that's just the way I kind of processed it I did like you though note that it wasn't it wasn't unanimous there is a lot of people oh it's fine and then some people are no it's not fine well and, and generally that, you want that there, there to, to be a consensus right. you want your team to believe the same things a togetherness with the team yes but if there's no consensus among the basketball consuming public either i mean some people say yeah it's kind of bush league but since it was a cool dunk we'll let it go like style points Trump sportsmanship now apparently if you're going to lay yeah, out it's still I, two points I, I it's still stat padding even though it was a spectacular dunk the but it's not stat padding from the standpoint of there was a I think a lot of degree of risk in that 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 is he really going to throw this and maybe he didn't think so but that's the way I interpreted yeah. it but here's uh, the way this all aligned is interesting too you know, Zion came out and said, you know, that's kind of out of character for me, but this is the team that eliminated my my boys from the playoffs last year, and a paraphrasing, but uh, Jose Alvarado wouldn't refer to Chris Paul by name after, you know, that, that exchange at the end of last year's playoffs, and he talked about, you know, we're, we're not going to rest until you know, we're the team that's eliminating them from the playoffs. The Pelicans, and they have every right to do so, they're playing really good basketball, and that's a good team, they're feeling themselves right now. Mm-hmm. But this lined up with a team in the Suns that kind of limped into New Orleans in the first place. Yeah, I agree. And the Pelicans, to their credit, I have no problem kicking a team when they're down. They did that. And maybe that's a wake-up call for the Suns individually, the guys that are on the team right now. Maybe this is a signal to the front office, okay, I can't afford to be this patient now. It all depends. Uh, this is where it gets treacherous for me. Mm-hmm. The Western Conference is so bunched up, and we've seen the Suns over the span of four games fall from first to fourth. This continues. Mm-hmm. They're in playing territory. And it might, with the quality of teams in the Western Conference, it might be tough to get out of that. And that is not where you want to be. No, I agree with you. You still want to be in the top four. Absolutely. Yeah. There's also info that we don't know. How injured is Devin Booker? How actually injured is Cam Johnson? When's his actual timetable for coming back? What's been out there for Jay Crowder that they've turned down or that they're waiting on? Like We don't have all this info, so we don't know how long they actually need to wait. Or aren't going to wait or yeah. shouldn't wait. I don't know how possible it is. I know the rumors have popped up recently about a certain player from the Eastern Conference who definitely would give the Suns an ingredient they don't have. 
What you would have to give up to get him is another question. The player is Julius Randle from mm-hmm. the New York Knicks. Mm-hmm. A guy who's big, he's burly, he's physical, he can score, he can rebound. He's Zion light. He can kind of mix, he mixes it up. He's, mm-hmm. he's kind of a hard-nosed competitor. Now well, he is a hard-nosed competitor. Big contract. Uh, huge contract, but... This is where it gets fuzzy, and I know recently I said I'm completely out on this Kevin Durant pursuit because things were going swimmingly for the Suns. I know. It's amazing how, how, how the reality of the now can change your, your viewpoint. Yes, and, and, and how that Celtic game really kind of hit. It was, you know, as the PA guy, you, you, were, you felt those vibes better than anybody. Watching that game was It was, was the alarming. exact same feeling it as was. Game 7. Exactly, and that, that hit a little too close to home, and it, it just it just bizarre. Are because and what's interesting to me too is in the midst of that, Monty Williams was asked about that that very thing, and he's like, "Well, you know, I wasn't thinking about that, but I can understand why you would be, why you would ask that question." And I thought, is he giving a little hint that things are kind of breaking apart again? It was also those Dallas and Golden, uh, Dallas and uh, Boston back to back games. It was Devin Booker against. Two other MVP candidates mm-hmm. and Devin Booker coming up very short. There's that, and it made you think. Well, maybe they need another alpha. Uh, well, and yeah, and I think that 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 secondary reliable kind of guy. It, it's it's a weakness here, and. Uh, it, none of this seemed to be issues or problematic when Devin Booker was playing at MVP level. But but yes. as Monty Williams has said, you can't ask him to have to wear a cape every single game. That's then then as the general manager, you're failing. It's just bizarre to me, Vinny, because prior to that Dallas and the Boston game, we had Monty Williams, Coach of the Month, Devin Booker, Player of the Month, DeAndre, Player of the Week, James Jones gets a new title. It, yeah, it went from so positive, yeah. And completely yeah. flipped at the drop of a hat. Crazy. Yeah. And so now they've got a game, like you said, against a Houston team that isn't good, except when they play the Suns. They're very comfortable. Well, they did beat Milwaukee Suns. last night, too. Well, that's right, without, they did. Without I, their head that's coach, right. uh, Steven Silas was gone because his father, Paul Silas, passed away. Uh, and John Lucas coached them to a victory over the Bucks. But, yeah, they play really hard against the Suns. And, and that was... That was the beginning of this really, really frustrating stretch for the yeah. Suns. That game that Houston got to the free throw That's line right. 43 times. That's right. Uh, it's uh, <laughs> and then you got the Clippers, and then you got the Pelicans again. So you're you're right. If they if they don't win a game here, it, this is they're going to be sinking. Yeah, it's it's interesting troubling. times for the Phoenix oh, Suns. Lots of headlines from NFL Week 14. <laughs> Outside the desert, we'll get into some of those headlines next. It's Bickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata. Hash marks. Hey, he was fighting the, the whole game. I give I give him so much credit. I mean, you see it day in and day out, no matter what the situation is. Uh, just watching him there in that third down situation, be able to break break the pocket, and he was using his legs a lot. He obviously ended up getting the concussion. Uh, I think our medical team did a great job getting him uh, in here, and he's in the concussion protocol now. So we'll go through that step by step process and do it the right way. But he was playing uh, playing really well. Nathaniel Hackett, the uh, head coach of the Denver Broncos, on uh, Russell Wilson, who suffered a concussion mm. yesterday, left the game early. Broncos lose again to Kansas City, 34-28, uh, the final score. Wilson had his most productive day. First time he's thrown three touchdown passes in a game all year. Only the second time he's had more than one in a game. But it's the game that he has to leave early, so 
that paints a fuzzy picture for his availability for the Cardinals game yeah. in Denver on Sunday. Yep. Cardinals still have to play before that. Uh, and you'll be glad to know, Bick, that uh, bathrooms still holding a one-point <laughs> lead Whoa. over touchdown 12 to 11 now? Yeah. 12 to 11 now. Um, man, the <laughs> it's been a rough year for Russell Wilson. Well, it would be just the Cardinals' luck, would it not, to, to have that team actually peak a little bit right before their matchup? Because they've just been they've been playing dead all season long. Now, granted, Russell Wilson's availability might be in question, but that, that might that not was, be bad. Them, I mean, that yeah. Be, who knows? Yeah, Brett Rippon could be the the elixir to fix everything for the uh, Denver Broncos. Um, Kansas City wasn't all that impressive in that game either. I mean, they, they jumped out to the big lead, I suppose, but three uh, interceptions for Patrick Mahomes uh, to go along with three touchdown passes. He did throw for 352 yards. And did you see the the broken play touchdown? He oh, it was unbelievable to, to Jared that, McKinnon. That, yeah, that's 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 vintage Patrick Mahomes <laughs> on a day that he wasn't even that good. I would, by his own standards. Three interceptions. Three interceptions. Right? Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, it was a it was a weird day uh, on a couple of fronts in the the NFL yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, the the Bills got a win in the just cold and snow and uh, but the the Jets kind of impressed me in that game. I watched a, a, a portion of that game. The they, quarterback's got some moxie, doesn't he? He does. He came back. I mean, that hit he took was was massive. Oof. But coming back from that, their defense plays with a little physicality. You mentioned it earlier in the show, though. The Jets, I guess, could be fi- you know filed into one of those teams that is fading a fading little bit. A bit. The Miami yeah. Dolphins in the same division, mm-hmm. fading a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Giants certainly faded. They got absolutely mm-hmm. housed by the Eagles yesterday. So uh, I think we're starting to see some of the teams that were contenders yeah. maybe creeping towards the pretenders category. Seattle is another one. Seattle, Seattle's definitely. fading. There, there are people who look at what the Lions did to the Vikings and go, ah, see, there's the Vikings. Yep. That's the Vikings we know. The Tennessee Titans, another team, after they fired their general manager, John Robinson. Maybe that was supposed to uh, rally the troops. They got beat by two touchdowns at home by Jacksonville. Yeah, and there's there's two real good Cinderella stories going on in the NFC. One would be Steve Wilkes. One of the them Panthers. is a former groundskeeper. <laughs> About to become <laughs> Masters champion. Go ahead, and, and then the Detroit Lions, of course, with, with Dan Campbell and that that raucous appearance they had on Hard Knocks. And then, then the season began. We're like, see, ha! Right? Are you forgetting yeah. the Washington Commanders? Or one of the hottest teams in the NFL. They were in a Cinderella. They story. were off this week, though. I know. Don't stick up for the that wretched franchise, yeah, Jared. Right, Jerry. <laughs> Just because you used to live yeah, in the area, right. make me sick. About uh, <laughs> those Detroit Lions. Here's Dan Campbell after their win over Minnesota. He's playing outstanding, and uh, you know he, he's he's a direct link as to why we are playing better. You know he's playing really good football, and uh, you know he's taking care of the football. He's making big throws, man. He's been uh, highly accurate, and just man, there's a lot of faith, a lot of faith in him, and uh, he's got a lot of faith in us. And so, man, I thought he had another hell of a day. He stepped in there, and I'm tell you what, he's he's cool, he's calm, he's collected, he's making these throws. Uh, and the old line is blocking well. You know, they're protecting the heck out of him. So I don't disagree. It was, it was good to see, man. 
I like when coaches lay it out on the line. I always talk about this in college football. Mm-hmm. If you want to upset somebody big, you got you got to pull out all the stops. Dan Campbell pulled out the stops yesterday. Yeah, went for a, you know a fake punt in his own territory, converted mm-hmm. it. They threw a fourth down pass to Panay Sewell. How about that <laughs> tackle? Yeah. Made a great catch. Uh-huh. Uh He's talking about Jared Goff in that in that cut too. Uh, Goff in his last five games, the Lions are four and one. He's completed sixty nine percent of his passes, eight touchdowns. No picks. Went over uh, 330 yards for the second straight week. Uh, His rating over that span is 107.9. And I think a lot of people were putting Jared Goff in that, okay, his time in Detroit's done. They're going to be moving on at quarterback. He's playing maybe his best football ever. Yeah, I'm stunned by this, to be honest with you. I, I, I really, really am. If you'd have told me that, that Jared Goff in year two in Detroit would be far outperforming Matthew Stafford, I'd say, oh, come on. But he's really had a, a real bounce-back season. That offense has actually been formidable very good, in especially Detroit. at home. Yeah. You know that very good at home. In the entire NFC South and NFC North combined, the Lions are the only team with a positive point differential. Wow! Yeah, the, of all eight teams, the the Vikings are ten and three, correct? Yes, and they have uh, a negative point differential. That's got to be a record. <laughs> that's funny. unbelievable. That's, uh, that's unreal. Another team fading the Miami Dolphins. They lose on Sunday Night Football to the Chargers last night. Rough day for Tua Tungavailoa. Ten of twenty-eight, thirty-five percent completions for a guy who earlier this year was being touted as the most accurate passer in football. Yeah, uh, Tua was asked after the game, "Hey, if defense has figured you out, I would say they're well, the defenses that we've we've played have been playing exactly what what we've expected them to play that they've put on film, um, and you know." It really just goes back to the details of how we play our offense, and we're we're not all dialed in with that. So we'll, we have to go back to the drawing board, figure this out. And gotta gotta keep from losing. I mean, it sucks. Yeah. Tua looked like the guy earlier in the year. The last two yeah. weeks, he's completed 45.9% of his passes, three touchdowns, two interceptions. One of the touchdowns the Dolphins scored last night was on a fluky play mm-hmm. where there was a fumble, and, and Tyreek Hill picked it up and, and ran like 57 yards for a touchdown. So yeah. it wasn't even a, a set offensive play. They look like a different team. They've only scored 17 points in each of the last and, two weeks. And they had looked so solid up until that point, and now they've got, I believe, their Thursday night against Buffalo in Buffalo. So this is the biggest game of Tua's career, and he's coming off of two very bad performances. So yeah, I'm. I'm. I, there was a time when I looked at the Dolphins and I thought that team, that team is sneaky good in terms of getting in the playoffs and going deep in the playoffs. I, I, I think. I think part part of what you're saying is has happened. Teams have kind of put some time into it, kind of deconstructed it a little bit, and kind of figured it out a little bit. Yeah, and uh, you know Dallas gets a close. They had to come, you know a 98 yard drive to beat the Houston Texans. It was a, it was a weird day. It really was. Yeah, yeah. And, and and Jalen Hurts is kind of separating himself now as the MVP. Don't yeah. you think? Yeah, yeah. yeah. At the moment, he is. Yes. Really good again yesterday. Ran for 77 yards and a touchdown. Threw for 217 and two scores. And they just they just crushed the Giants. 
That, yeah, that was one and, of those soul breaking losses. Right, right the Giants, yes, yes. They lost at home. Yes, that. right. Where where the Eagles showed off just how diverse they can be offensively. Yeah, that's it's it, it's interesting to me because it, when when people have looked at the NFC, and I, I think I've been guilty of this. I've 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 thought that okay, you know what? No matter what Tampa looks like, they're going to be a big time player in the playoffs because their quarterback's been there, has got the experience. I'm not sure I feel that way anymore. No. I, and I, but I do think I do think Philly's got some sturdiness to them. I so, definitely agree with yeah. that. When I when I doubted them earlier in the year, I said, "Hey, the record's good. I don't know how good they are. They're really good. Yeah. They're, they're head yeah. and shoulders above most of the NFC. San mm-hmm. Francisco, the way they're playing, it's hard to uh, hard to dismiss them. You can text your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at six twenty six twenty right now. Coming up next, long road trip for the Coyotes in the rearview mirror. They get home, they win two back to back. We'll talk to Shane Doan about it next." Pickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Don't scores on the rebound. Shane Doan. Shane Doan got a piece of it. I think this goal is going to go to the captain. Captain Coyote. Shane Doan sends a one hopper on that. He scores. The captain. Coyotes legend Shane Doan. Up early to talk Coyotes hockey with Pickley and Murata. Shot by Shane Doan. He scores. Back-to-back wins for the Yotes. Trying to connect with uh, Shane Doan. Trying is always the operative word when you try to connect with Shane Doan. Yeah. uh, The chief hockey development officer of the Coyotes, hopefully joining us in a second. He had such a hot streak to start the year with his phone. It was so good. Yeah, and then uh, then, last couple weeks. Not so good. Not so good. They beat the Bruins. They beat the Flyers last night. Uh, big night for Clayton Keller. So hopefully mm-hmm. we'll be able to connect with uh, with Shane Doan. Uh, obviously, it is uh, it's it's a big Red Monday. Got the Arizona Cardinals and the New England Patriots. Yes, tonight Monday Night Football. I didn't even think about it until I was just you know in, in the stream of consciousness. <laughs> Remember that that playoff game against the Rams was on Monday night. Monday nights have not been kind to the Cardinals the last two times. No, they haven't been. This team has struggled on the big stage, and that's that's one of the things that I think is in the mix here tonight, and that is, you know, I, I don't know how much of the national um, television audience is aware of sort of the dysfunction that has happened in Arizona, but it's been loud lately. It's been loud with anonymous sources ripping Steve Keim. It's been loud with Patrick Peterson and his continued assault on the team, um, and, and you know, I, I missed how Patrick Peterson and has kind of pivoted off that well, as the guy who's just telling the hard truths that nobody will tell. No, because he was always such a team first guy when he was <laughs> right, here. I know. And you weren't here for a lot of that because that story had legs. It just mm-hmm. continued to be talked about because going back to that Chargers game where you know Kyler Murray was asked specifically about the fourth down play and used the phrase schematically we were blank. Yeah, right. Everybody, like a lot of national people, picked up on that. Jim Rome picked up on it. Colin Coward picked up on it, and kind of applied that one quote to Kyler Murray assigning that label to the whole offense, right. which was inaccurate. It mm-hmm. was entirely unfair. But it just kind of shows you what you know what the national viewpoint yeah. of the Arizona Cardinals is right now. Yeah, that's right. You know, and these people are just go, falling over themselves to paint this this picture of dysfunction, which may be true. But I don't think it was fair in that instance. Well, no, I agree with that. But but I do think that when you when you put everything t- together, it's it's been that kind of year. I, I've, I'm going to be real curious what kind of vibe is going to be inside that stadium tonight, um, because it's going to smell like chowder. chowder. 
because you know what it felt to me, Vinny? It felt to me like even at four and seven going into that Chargers game, I didn't think the vibe was that bad in the in the stadium mm-hmm. at last game they played but it it that game and the way it ended and the walk-off two-point conversion it really kind of felt perceptually like that was the game where, yeah. where cardinal fans shut the book mm-hmm. right so I, i'm curious to see how it what, what level of engagement there is going to be with this football game from its fan base i don't know no i think that's a, a fair question and especially you have to factor this in at this point Consider the opponent. Mm-hmm. The New England Patriots, a team that does not come here very often. Yes, they did play the Cardinals in 2020. That was in Foxborough. Mm-hmm. Really, the only time the, the Patriots play here is in Super Bowls. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> it's not going to happen this year. Uh, but, you know, that's a hungry fan base still with their team you know, reeling a bit at two straight losses at 6-6. Six and six. The opportunities for season for frustrated Cardinal season ticket holders to sell are you know, very plentiful right mm-hmm. now. And can you blame them uh, after, and, after this right. season and last season? It becomes a grind to to get out to games when you don't have confidence that your team is going to win, and the Cardinals are not given that confidence. That's the thing. So so w- th- this is what makes tonight interesting to me because you've got a guy in Bill Belichick, and this is a very important game to the Patriots. You can tell he sounds a little bit irked by Vance Joseph's comments, which were fairly benign, if you ask me, um, and certainly not malicious. Um, it, but you're also dealing with a team that uh, I, you know that defensively they're going to have a really good idea of what the Cardinals are going to do because let's be honest everybody has a really good idea of what the Cardinals are going to do that's just the truth and so if everybody does then you know Bill Belichick does so it mean that means that's not a deal breaker it means you have to out execute the Patriots pretty much 75% of the time so and that's doable the Cardinals have uh, plenty of really good players on the roster but if they're not fully engaged mentally if they're not fully into it anymore that level of execution might be too much to ask for it's true because you have two options if they know what you're going to do it's either do something different or do it better or do it better so well that even if they know what you're doing they can't stop it yeah well, I think the Cardinals defensively are going in. You know, Jacoby Myers, their top wide receiver, is out tonight for the Patriots. They're not a throw it all over the place kind of offense anyway. Mm-hmm. You're going to get a heavy dose of number 38, Ramondre Stevenson. Mm-hmm. Here's Cliff Kingsbury giving his thoughts on Stevenson. Yeah, he's tremendous. Um, so Bill said his year one to year two jump, you know, compares to Tom and Lawrence Taylor, which are probably the best offensive player and the best defense player ever in the history of the game. So that shows um, how he feels about uh, Stevenson, and he he's not one to he praise on people. So, but he's played at a very high level this year. The first guy rarely tackles him very big physical and, and then they use him in the pass game a lot as well so I've been really impressed by his development I remember at OU and, and thought he was a really talented prospect and then he's really taken off yeah here was a Vance Joseph defensive coordinator on Stevenson it's tough for the players because I mean he's a, he's a big back and I mean you can't simulate that in practice you know and we've played some really good backs this year so that should help us a little bit but he's a bigger back who runs through arm tackles constantly so it's going to take a effort of all of us getting to the ball and tackling this guy's legs, you know, because if not, I mean, he's going to break some tackles, but again, you can't simulate it in practice, so you have to show up with a mindset of of being physical from the first snap to the last snap to get him stopped. If not, it'll be a long day for you. When the Cardinals are going to face an offense that throws a lot of screen passes, mm-hmm. Stevenson's got 56 catches, you know, he's the leading receiver uh, from, from any position. 
for the Patriots, so he's going to be heavily involved, and that's somewhere where the Cardinals' defense has been susceptible. Mm-hmm. They've been susceptible to the boot. We talked about the boot! Oh, my, oh my God! God! We talked about the boot! <laughs> and, but, but that's also it, too, because when, when you start talking about what, what the Cardinals have done well, um, for the most part, I think, and you know that I've been a big fan of the way the defense has competed this year, even though the statistics would tell you just the opposite. They're second to last in the NFL in defense now. Mm-hmm. Right? And those are the numbers. But if you've watched them, they've been very competitive. You know, I think they're underfunded, that they went in with sort of a, a patchwork roster, and, and they've gotten really good leadership on the defensive side of the ball, primarily because of J.J. Watt and Buda Baker. Okay, so you get into a game like this, and if this is, if this is when people start making business decisions and not really – tackling and putting yourself, putting your face in the fan, if you will, that's going to show up because this defense needs all of that intensity to just even have a chance, in my opinion. And they've brought it, for the most part, consistently. So that's a, that's another thing you can be, you can look at tonight is just the the level of defensive intensity do, do the does the leadership of Buda Baker and JJ Watt command that from everybody yeah. or is a, are, are people going to start tapping out now? Yeah, we'll have more on the Cardinals in the uh, 9 o'clock hour, but I also think um, you know, for the Cardinals coaching staff to say the things that they said about the offense, they used the term explosive. Bill Belichick used the term explosive to talk about uh, the Car- the Cardinals offense. It, it look, it's going to be a low scoring game. <laughs> <laughs> it's right. <laughs> At least that's the way I see it. Yeah. Uh, coming up next, unfortunately, we couldn't connect with uh, Shane Doan. Phone issues. What? Phone issues. DNP phone issues for Shane Doan. This oh, no. I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh, I'm looking at my, my darn phone. I don't know what happened. Gold, <laughs> oh, darn it. We had some good stuff to talk to Shane about this week, too. Clayton Keller hat trick. The win in Boston. Beating, beating yeah, the Bruins. Right. Come on. I just want to know how he lives his everyday life as a human who has no working phone. How does that happen? <laughs> He's Canadian. I think it's more the what house. Does that, what does that mean, Jarrett? They just—they don't like, have technology. They, no, in they talk in person. <laughs> I think it's more he the has house to go than the to phone. Canada to talk. Every okay. time he has trouble, when we ask where he is, he's yeah, at he his was house. so excited that he got the Wi-Fi hooked up to his phone. Yeah, he thought it would never, never have problems again. Maybe you should do a little coffee run uh, <laughs> once a week, right? Hey, you're, somewhere that's not his house. Beck, your guys at Waltz do those internet checks, don't right. they? Right, yeah. yeah. That's oh, what we should go. do. Send them over to Dome Manor. Yeah. <laughs> yes, Waltz, get over to the Dome <laughs> compound. The manor, whatever it is. The ranch. Social studies up next with Sarah Cazell. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.